Well, it's a pleasure to welcome Janet McKenzie, partner at Baker McKenzie, head of the TMT Industry Group, to the Business Law Focus show today. Janet, thanks for joining us. Great having you uh, today. And, and we're talking about a really controversial topic, which is the Film and Publication Amendment Act and the associated regulations. The public comment phase for the regulations has been pushed out to October the 12th after more than 14,000 comments have already come in, mostly negative. Uh, what is going on here? What is the main concern at the moment, Janet? Evan, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I think probably in, in, in a nutshell, uh, I, I think the largest concern with, with regards to both the Films and Publications Amendment Act and the Films and Publications uh, Amendment Act regulations is the, the severe impact that they are going to have on the constitutional right to freedom of expression and just the inability of online content providers um, to be able to comply in any manner and form with the requirements of the Act and, and of these regulations. Just to put it into perspective and to give you some background as to, to what this will all entail, it's currently under the Films and Publications Act. If you distribute content which is, which is defined to be sell or rent content on the internet, and that would be uh, games for, and, and films or, or any sort of form of publications, you are required to register with the Films and Publications Board as a distributor, and then you are further required to submit um, that content to the Films and Publications Board for classification before being able to distribute it um, uh, on the Internet. Now, what has happened with the Films and Publications Amendment Act, There was it, it was seen that there was a gap in regulating online content, and the Act was... Um, promulgated in order to bring within its net online content providers. So that would be um, content providers of games, uh, films and publications, as well as streaming services, and for them to be subject to the, the film, to regulation by the Films and Publications Board. And that would entail either having to register as a distributor and then submitting all content to the classification um, to the Films and Publications Board for classification, or to apply to the Films and Publications Board to be registered um, as, 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 as an entity entitled to conduct its own self-classification, or to use the classification system of a foreign or international accredited rating agency. So what the regulations are trying to do is to give effect to all of these provisions by setting up the administrative procedures. And these provisions are contained in the Films and Publications Amendment Act. Um, but the difficulty that is present with all of this is that it's very much out of step with international norms in, in, with regards to content regulation. They are, it's going to be overly burdensome and cumbersome for content providers to comply with this. And in many instances, the requirements are impractical and also infringe on the constitutional right to freedom of expression. Just by way of example, one of the requirements now is that if you're an internet service provider and the definition has been changed in the regulations to a far wider definition, you'll have to register with the Forms and Publications Board. Also going forward, if you operate or a website or host content on a website, in order to do so lawfully, you're also going to have to register with the Forms and Publications Board. So 
so, so these are really the requirements that that the regulations, together with the Films and Publications Amendment Act, um, introduce uh, and, and impose on online content providers. So previously, where certain where, where the application of the Films and Publications Act was was limited uh, to to only distribution of content, um, and that would be films and games through sale or rental, you would have to apply. Now it encompasses all forms of online content, including user-generated content and any form of publication that is made available online. Other than those those entities that are already exempt from having to comply with the provisions of the Films and Publications Act, and those are um, members of the Press Council of South Africa, they don't have to comply with, with having to register or submit their content to the Films and Publications Board uh, for classification. And also um, broadcasters that are regulated by um, ICASA, they are also not required to, to comply with the registration and classification requirements of the Films and Publications Act. So Other it seems, that, uh, Janet, just uh, to, to cut in quickly, um, it seems overbroad, potentially a bit of overreach, and some of the um, terminology being used out there at the moment are that this could be um, an encroachment on constitutional rights, uh, freedoms, uh, certainly privacy, where in effect um, these regulations are trying to tell us what to think and, and what to say. I mean, that's how broad it, it, it is when you read this um, holistically. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. And um, just to take it's a step back, I mean... The rationale for introducing the Films and Publications Amendment Act was really uh, the, the statement in the memorandum to the bill itself was that the whole objective of, of, the, of the Amendment Act was to protect children from disturbing and harmful content and to provide adults with information to enable them to make informed viewing choices for their children. Um, also, part of the whole amendments that have been made to the Films and Publications Act are also aimed at at making child pornography and the exposure of children to pornography punishable, um, and that would be through a criminal sanction. Now, if one takes those aims into account, those are, those are laudable aims, but it is generally recognized that any sort of regulation of content, and particularly content that's made available online or in any other medium, um, needs to be undertaken with absolute due care, and it's not appropriate to, I think, impose criminal sanctions um, and, and to, to actually, in, in respect of parties who don't a, register with the Films and Publications Board or don't comply with any of the classification requirements of the Films and Publications Board, that's not an appropriate means to actually achieve the objective that's set out in the, the Act itself, which is to protect children and to also clamp down on child pornography and to punish that through criminal sanctions. So it's an inappropriate mechanism that's been put in place to deal with um, a, a problem that, that they want to have addressed. So it's in doing so, however, they've, they've caught within their net all forms of content and content that is, is, is protected um, by the Constitution and content that parties should be entitled to express and to freely impart without the fear of a criminal sanction and um, without having to also submit all their content to the Films and Publications Board for classification. Now, the Films and Publications Board has, has stated that their content doesn't 
It's not intended to regulate user-generated content or any of, of other forms of content made available online by individuals. Um, however, because of the way in which the acts and the regulations are framed, it very much does affect user-generated content and what which, what, what should happen if, if this is going to be looked at and addressed properly is for both the Act and the regulations to specifically exclude user-generated content. So I think, I think really the point is that, you know, if you're going to regulate online content, it would be a good idea to look at international approaches. A number of international jurisdictions have, have grappled with this difficulty and have understood that perhaps the best mechanism is for self-regulation to take effect. And that doesn't mean the self-regulation that's envisaged in the Films and Publications Act, where you have to still comply with the provisions of the Films and Publications Board um, and their classification guidelines. Um, it, it, it actually means that the entity or the company itself must set up its own uh, classification system, the own manner of moderating and regulating the content that, that is placed onto its platform, um, have in place uh, stringent takedown measures and have other controls and mechanisms to ensure that harmful and illegal content is not made available online. I mean, just to, to I think, take a step back and think about this attempt to regulate all forms of content and have every single content provider um, make their content available to the Films and Publications Board for classification or to have to comply with these classification requirements for self-classification and also to use an accredited um, agency. Um, as I said, are, are going to be administratively burdened, but also at the same time, I'm not so sure that the Films and Publications Board is aware of how much work it would be taking on itself. Uh, some of these platforms have catalogues that run into thousands and thousands of individual discrete items of content. There's just no way that they would ever be able to, A, submit lists and product lists to the Films and Classifications Board, which is one of the requirements now in the regulations, or for the classifications, um, for, or for the Films and Publications Board to actually have a look at that and, and review and monitor it. So, you know, for me, it would be preferable to look at what has been done overseas to actually understand the mechanisms that are in place to actively engage in a lot of these these global with a lot of these global platforms to understand what they have in place for for self-regulation and a lot of them have very sophisticated technical mechanisms for dealing with content on their platforms by way of example they will have massive teams of content moderators who fact check content who um, continuously monitor and curate content on their platforms, continuously check to see that illegal and harmful content is not posted on their platforms. They also have extensive policies in respect of what content can be posted onto their platforms. Um, as I said previously, extensive takedown notices and requirements. And, and, and in addition, they also have a lot of very clever technical means at their disposal to, to check content on their platforms. 
Uh, they run algorithms which are able to pick up racist terms, um, algorithms that are able to pick up hate speech, algorithms um, that, that, that can even in some instances detect gunshots or any kind of activity that, that would be problematic, including algorithms that would pick up images of nudity um, or, or anything that would be considered uh, you know, harmful or, or illegal. So I think you know, given the extent of and the nature of content that is made available online, that really for me self-regulation is, is the preferable way to, to take this forward. And perhaps what should happen here is that there should be full engagement uh, with all interested parties and stakeholders and for Films and Publications Board um, to understand A, the developments overseas and, and B, what various content platforms are doing in order to comply with really the mechanisms that they're trying to, to impose on them, um, but in doing so in a manner which where we run the risk of severely infringing the right to freedom of expression and also um, one that's also associated with criminal sanctions for publishing content online. You make an interesting point with the, the global standards that are already in place, some of them very sophisticated. This seems to not be um, at a similar level necessarily. It seems to be more controls and more paperwork and you know unnecessary layers being created as opposed to really switching on things that can really control these things and creating that right type of, um, of basis to, to, to manage it going forward. But uh, my sense is the international and international global streaming uh, powerhouse um, in South Africa also now has to comply with regulations, yet internationally they are already complying with certain standards. Now they're being asked to do something different. I mean, that's a, a quite a big risk. I mean, some of these guys won't, they're not going to change the way they do things just to comply with these myriad layers that are being thrust on them. I think even that, that that's really the, the primary recognition, you know, on a global basis as to why self-regulation is, 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 is really the, the most preferable way of, of regulating online content. Because as you rightly say, uh, these global providers will, you know, provide their content in multiple jurisdictions throughout the world. Um, they don't uh, change the content that's provided on those platforms to suit a particular country, and in fact, they can't do so. Yeah. So, you know, they will have their own classification system, their own um, manner of, of, of rating what is age-appropriate content on their platforms, and they will do so on a global basis. It simply cannot suddenly adhere or comply with guidelines published by the South African Films and Publications Board uh, for content that's made available in South Africa. It's impossible for them to, to separate, separately provide that content with, with those classification requirements when the whole basis for the operations is that it's global in nature, that the, the same content gets made available in multiple countries across the world. Um, so it, it's absolutely impossible and impractical for, for those com companies to actually comply with these requirements, you know, on that basis alone. And you made a good and point that, that the aims are laudable. I mean, the, 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 there is a need to regulate, especially that content, revenge pornography. I know it has been mentioned specifically, the child pornography. All, there's, there's a need for criminal sanction for much better controls there, but it just seems like they regulating the wrong things. And I think, you know, when we look at what they are trying to regulate, 
you know, that's entirely appropriate to regulate, mm-hmm. but not at the expense of, 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 of freedom of expression and, and also yeah. particularly where you have a lot of these content providers that are very much committed to ensuring that the content on their platform is not illegal, it's not harmful, and can come and actively demonstrate very robust and extensive mechanisms that are already in place and that are working effectively on a global basis, that they are compliant. Uh, so for me, there's really no need to have this extra layer in place which is, it, it, it has occurred as a result of the Films and Publications Amendment Act and these regulations. You know, what should really happen is that there's um, an, an active and positive engagement with, with content providers and uh, the regulatory authorities so that they can clearly demonstrate to them that we are actually complying with your requirements, but we're doing so in a manner that's not going to be at the expense of freedom of expression and at the expense where you could potentially prevent anyone from publishing any sort of form of uh, blog or posting on the internet mm. because it, 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 it needs to be submitted to the Films and Publications Board for, for, for classification yep. or for any user not being able to upload content. So, you know, I think that there are mechanisms that could be employed to, to achieve the same aims, but to do so in a balanced and proportional manner and in a manner which certainly doesn't infringe upon fund, the fundamental right to freedom of expression. Mm. We, we're going to need a, a more robust uh, discussion, I think, with, with the regulators on, on you know, achieving a, a middle ground here. But the problem is that the president has signed the Amendment Act. And now the regulations have followed, and we're obviously discussing uh, the regulations. But um, how do we actually go around rectifying a lot of the gaps here in light of the fact that this act has been signed into law? Just, just one correction. The, the Act has, has been signed, but it's still going to come into effect on a date to be promulgated in the Government Gazette. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, speaking to you today, it's not currently in force. Yeah. But, and that's one of the difficulties, actually, um, funnily enough, with the regulations, in that they've been, I think, promul- or issued for public right. comment under circumstances where there's no enabling legislation yeah. authorizing, you know, the Minister to make these regulations Let's at this see. stage in time. But, but, be that as it may, the the only way in which I, I think, unless uh, people's concerns and, and 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 I think very valid concerns with both the Forms and Publications Act, I mean, Amendment Act, and and the regulations are taken into account, um, once the uh, the Forms and Publications Amendment Act is is comes into effect, and once that is promulgated in the Government Gazette, um, what what remedy would be available and probably the most effective one would be to actually looking at taking the whole piece of legislation on review and having it set aside on aside on constitutional grounds. Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. And it could obviously also be referred back uh, to Parliament. I think the Copyright um, Act was as an example. So, I mean, there are options available to ensure that we get... Um, you know, a slightly better piece of um, legislation that balances rights and, and interests and, you know, obviously targets the right areas that need to be targeted. And so there's a there's obviously a process ahead, Janice. So thanks very much. It's been fabulous chatting to you. And um, I know the, the comment phase is until October the 12th. So, 
You know, I think uh, people out there uh, that have concerns, I think it's important that we all get involved in this in this discussion and debate and ensure that we get something uh, that's that's slightly uh, in, in more in, in our favour and in the interests of, um, you know, everyone's rights. Well, Evan, thank you very much for the opportunity. Really much appreciated.